Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hello, Kingdom Influencing Nation. It is good to be back here on this wonderful day. Uh, I am so appreciative again of all of your support. We are closing in on 5,000 downloads and it's all because of you. And I just want to say thank you. And some people say, well, you say thank you every week. But I'm appreciative every week. No one has to listen to you. No one has to support. No one has to be a part of the Kingdom Influencing Nation. And since you are, I want to say thank you very, very much. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed the marriage anniversary session with my wife and I. Uh, it's been uh, a joy putting that together for you all. And hopefully uh, we're going to team up on a f- few more duets and uh, see if we can be a blessing to those of you who are out there in the listening sphere. Uh, again, welcome. I want to send a, a special uh, condolence to a friend of mine, uh, uh, Dr. Vashti McKenzie, one of my classmates from Howard University School of Divinity and the loss of her husband, Dr. Stanley McKenzie who passed on uh, July 21st, 2021. Um, She had just recently retired, and I just know that they were looking forward to many, many years together. So uh, our prayers, our love, and our condolences for myself and for those of us who just have a heart of compassion, who are part of the Kingdom Influencing Nation, please keep Bishop Vashti McKenzie uh, in your prayers. All right. Listen, um, today I want to talk about the maturation point, uh, the maturation point. And um, this is a a topic that's very dear to my heart and a topic that is often wildly overlooked by people, uh, both in the church and outside of the church. And I I know it's a topic that needs to be explored and and a topic that takes time to digest. So, If you would just sit back with me and just listen for a few minutes and understand this, uh, let it soak into your spirit. I think it will help you whether you're in business, 
whether you're in ministry, whether you're trying to uh, contend in any other uh, sphere of life, um, I know this uh, point of subject matter today will be a blessing. So I, I want to talk about the power of patience, the power of patience. And if I could reflect on a journey that I am on, a journey that I've been on, and a journey that I plan to be on, it would be the journey of patience. And patience needs to have its perfect work in our lives. And it's part of the mind and the planning period or the planning consciousness of God. I, I just believe from reading the scripture that God uses patience as his point of contact for all points concerning life. What, what do I mean by that? Let me talk a little bit about the book of Genesis, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible. I see so many parallels in the book of Genesis to different areas of life. It's incredible, uh, particularly um, knowing that most people reduce it to the simplicity of a creation story, how the water came and the earth came and the stars and the heaven and time and so on and so forth. When it is the embodiment of the essence of who God is, um, such a greater work, such a, a, a larger meta narrative than the narrative that is often lost in uh, a Sunday school translation. And not that that's not important because I believe it is. I believe it's a great starting point. But I believe there are many hidden points of wisdom in the book of Genesis that people just uh, invariably overlook. So let, let's talk about one of those. Genesis is the book of beginning. It is a book where God introduces his divinity to our humanity. It is the book that he speaks of himself. He, he, he tells us who he is. He, he, he tells us how he operates and he gives us a blueprint for our own personal lives. He, let me start with this premise. And it's a premise that I've used before, but it's just critically, massively important if you're going to understand the power of patience and how that relates to the maturation point. So then watch this. God could have created the earth because of his sovereignty, because of his majestic royalty, because of his absolute power. He could have created the earth in a matter of milliseconds, literally a, a thought would have been enough to create the universes, to create time, to create the moon, the stars, the sun, uh, all of the ecosystems that uh, make up the creation story. But he didn't. So my question to us as a listening audience, you may be driving, you may be sitting in your house or sitting in your study, you may be in your office at, the, at, the, at work. But my question to you is, why is it that God did not create the earth in a millisecond. What is the point of a narrative that stretches over the course of seven days with the seventh day culminating in him resting? Why, why six days of work? Well, maybe the question is, is simple. Maybe it's not theological. Maybe it's just practical. 
because God was trying to teach us that everything in life has a process. And something simple that many of our parents shared with us years ago uh, is just uh, this here, that Rome was not built in a day. There's a simple understanding that he took his time to create life. He took his time to put all of the ecosystems in place. He took his time to create, when I say ecosystem, I'm talking about everything that's living and everything that's non-living. He took his time to show us and demonstrate to us that as we go through life, that God is not in a rush to do anything. And since he is not in a rush to do anything, then we should not be in a rush to do anything. A matter of fact, what we need to learn is the power of patience. Because in the power of patience, you will develop a maturation point, a place of maturity. So so let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. There's bitter fruit and there's ripe fruit and, and then there's overripe fruit. Bitter fruit is usually fruit, and, and I'm speaking from experience, usually fruit that is premature. It's not ready to be eaten yet. And then you have ripe fruit, which is that sweet spot. I mean, it's just right. It tastes good. It's delectable to the palate. And then you have overripe fruit, which is mushy and sometimes spoiled and sometimes brown, although bananas... Uh, when they're brown, are, are the bon appetit of, of monkeys. But uh, the point of the matter is, you got bitter fruit that's uh, it's it's not mature. It hasn't come to its place of maturity. Then you have your ripe fruit, and then you have your overripe fruit. Um, so in life, we tend to operate in those three veins. We're either premature, or we're at that sweet spot that's ripe, or we're overripe. We, we, we passed the time of maturation and really should be doing something that God called us to do. But for whatever reason, discouragement, doubt, fear, uh, people have become an anchor around our neck and, and have kept us from achieving or we've allowed them to keep us from achieving the goals that God has called us to achieve. So when we talk about God's divine timing, it exploits the sweet spot. It is the zeitgeist moment. I remember being a sophomore in Howard University and Dr. Olive Taylor saying the zeitgeist moment was the time where all things came together perfectly. It was just the meeting of, of, of everything that needed to come to place in a synergistic mode that would cause a moment to occur in history that would never be forgotten. It is the culmination of promise. It is a process. It is what I call a maturation point. So then what is a promise? And, and these are things that I believe that we ought to look forward to. If we're the children of God, we ought to look forward to the promise. The promise is what God said. It is the hope or vision of the future. But there can be no promise without going through the process. The process is the waiting zone, the dark space that tests 
your faith and your resolve. It is the space where time seems to slow itself. It is the space where you wonder whether or not you're ever able to accomplish the things that God have placed in your spirit as a promise. But this process also creates an atmosphere to understand the patient nature of God, the power of God. And, and so I'm talking about the power of patience. And I want to stop here and give it a couple of antidotes because about 17 years ago, I was in a mission home that uh, our church built in conjunction with other churches around uh, the country uh, in uh, a village called Tupacente in Honduras. And we were sitting in the mission home and I was sharing with a young man, or actually he was sharing with me. Uh, this young man is a multimillionaire. Uh, he's a titan of industry and you know has a corporation in Europe and a corporation here in the United States and I was talking to him about how he was able to achieve this kind of business development this type of business acumen and this type of business growth I, I was just trying to find out man, how do you do what you do and I said I need to know the, the success keys I need to know your best practices. I, I need to know what makes you you. And I got my pen out and I literally sat there at the edge of my chair, bated breath, ready to hear some words that I've never heard before. And he says to me this one phrase. He said, I pray. And I chuckled to myself and then chuckled out loud to kind of release the tension and and, and and to draw attention away from the pink elephant in the room because for me, at that time in my life, at, at the ripe age or, or the premature age of 40, uh, I was unable to digest what he was saying because as far as I was concerned, I prayed every day. So what are you talking about? And he continued to repeat the same answer no matter how I reframed or reshaped the question. And then finally he stopped and I, I guess in his own uh, uh, disgust, if you will, but a light disgust, but just, you know, enough. He simply says to me, you're too young to understand. As a matter of fact, you're still young enough to believe that you actually have the ability to make things happen in this world. And that was 17 years ago. That thing stuck with me. I have never, ever, ever forgotten those words. And it was confirmed as I was with a, another young lady at a book signing in her Palacio Chateau, uh, another uh, titan of industry, another uh, woman who's made her mark in the earth. And as we were sharing and got a chance to, my wife and I, just a chance to speak with her one-on-one, -on -one, um, again, I heard it reiterated. How do I do what I do? I pray. 
I'm up every night at 3 o'clock in the morning, early in the morning, 3 in the morning, I meet God and God talks to me. And, and he, here's the point that I'm getting at. The point that I'm getting at is that what mirrored their, uh, their response to my inquiry was simply this. They did not move until God moved. Now, for many people, that would be a point of great frustration. Because in the life of many people, they think that God moves too slow. They think that they're going to miss something. That, that some kind of way, whatever it is that God has predestined for you, whatever it is that God has promised you, that the promise is going to dissipate. The promise is going to disappear. The promise is going to erode. When I'm here to clearly tell you by biblical paradigm and by the mandate of scripture, even looking at the life of Jesus, which we'll observe a little later on, that the promise is going to be there. As a matter of fact, God is so systemic in his approach to life and his approach to people and his approach to promise that he created the moments that we call process in order to bring us to a place of maturation, to bring us through the bitter cycles of life and to bring us to the sweet spot and to allow us to be blessed by that place in life uh, before we hit uh, overripe, if we just move with him, if we mirror him. I, I love reading the New Testament where Jesus says, I do nothing that my father does not do. I don't say anything unless my father says it. I do the will of my father because my father and I are one. As a matter of fact, in the moments preceding his death, he, he would pray, make us one as you and I are one. And he was praying for us as humanity to become one with the father as he is one with the father so that we would develop a mirror ministry, a mirror ministry, a mirror that ministers or that, that, that is an exact duplicate of the father. That is within itself a miraculous thought and a miraculous posture to be in a place where we mirror the ministry of God. So then if that's the point that we need to get to, if that's the place of maturation, that doesn't come within the context of our own thinking. It doesn't come because we have this great idea it comes because we get behind God. We get in a posture where we can listen to God. And then if we don't hear God, then we accept the fact that we're not supposed to move until we hear him again. God is a strategist, much like a chess player, if I could give you an analogy. He has the plans of our life planned 40 to 50, and I'm being very uh, light in my numbers, but at least a hundred moves, thousands of moves ahead of the first move that he's getting ready to make. There are people that need to come into your life. There are, are, are points in time that change certain situations and certain circumstances, things that need to evolve. There, it's just a, 
a, a, a total movement of of the the pieces of the earth, if you will, if they were like pieces of a of a, a, a of chess parts on a board. They're, Everything is moving until you get to this perfect timing. And, and you hear it in scripture so many times. You you hear it when the scripture says, and it's come to pass. When it says, at the fullness of time. It says, at the appointed time. Or what he said to Abraham, and this time next year. Here's the thing about God's promise. He's not a man that he should lie. Have he not said it? He shall fulfill it. Neither is he the son of man that he needs to repent. So what I'm saying to you is if God says something, and that's not an exact quote for those of you who, you know, want to be exactest, but what God says something, he has the ability to back it up. And because he's God, nothing will come to fruition until the appointed time. So it is best for us to wait in the power of patience and in the power of process, go through the processes of life, whatever they are, go through them. I, I said I'd talk about the life of Jesus. Let me quickly reflect on this. This is something my spiritual father taught me many years ago. And again, it's, it's in my spirit. It is simply this. Jesus had 30 years of ministry. Uh, or 30 years, I'm sorry, of, 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 of reflection of this patient reliance on a promise. And he waited in obscurity for 30 years. We didn't, no one knew about him. No one really heard about him. He didn't really say anything. He, he went along as a private citizen waiting for a time. And then three years, he was in ministry. Three years. And then there was three hours of purpose on the cross. The reason he was created was for those three hours of purpose. So just, just listen again. Jesus is a reflection of the patience of God. I talk about the mirror image. 30 years of promise waiting in obscurity. Catch that. Obscurity. Unheard of. He was talked about in the Old Testament, but we had not yet seen the fulfillment of who he would be in the New Testament. All right. Three years of ministry where he discipled uh, uh, and processed, if you will, the, what, what would become the apostles. And then three hours of purpose, what he was actually created for to die on the cross so that you and I would have a right to eternal life. That was the sweet spot. That was the maturation point. The place of planned promise coming to fruition. The promise of God from the Old Testament. The death of the testator that would thou make the Old and the New Testament would bring them into their, their legal authority in the earth. The testator died, but he didn't just die. He overcame death. He overcame the grave. He overcame all the demonic forces of hell in order to resurrect and give us the power of eternal life. So I want to say this. When you're in your dark place, if you're in a dark place today, there is a place of resurrection. There is a maturation point. 
there is, as Bishop McLaughlin says, a, a time where your sentence of obscurity runs out. Every season has an expiration date, a, a, a point of, of ending. And at that point of ending, the promises of God will come to pass. And if I had more time, we'd talk about all of the biblical characters that make this topic the maturation point of reality. All I want to say to you in closing today is wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Kingdom Influencing Nation, have a supernaturally blessed week. Until next week, God bless you. Share this with your friends and family. Take care. Bye-bye.